Welcome to the video book summary of The Way of Zen by Alan Watts. This book was published way back in 1957 and weighing 256 pages. In his definitive introduction to Zen Buddhism, Alan Watts explains the principles and practices of this ancient religion to Western readers. With a rare combination of freshness and lunacy, he delves into the origins and history of Zen to explain what it means to the world today with incredible clarity. Watts saw Zen as one of the most precious gifts of Asia to the world, and in the way of Zen, he gives this gift to readers everywhere. The book is available on Amazon with the link in the description if you like what you hear. So without further ado, I bring you the book summary of The Way of Zen. Preface. Writing about Zen is difficult since many objective observers miss the point and eat the menu instead of dinner. The philosophy of the Tao. A way of liberation can have no positive definition. It has to be defined by what it is not. So how a sculptor reveals the image by chipping away what isn't. Taoism and Zen confuse Westerners because we think conventional knowledge, what we can define with words. Conventional knowledge is such because it's based on social agreement as to the codes of communication. Scientific convention says that whether an eel is a snake or a fish, grammatical convention determines rules of language. But those conventions are illusory, as evidenced by asking questions like, what happens to my fist when I open my hand? One who thinks in Chinese has little difficulty in seeing the objects are also events. But in the West, that is hard for us. We define ourselves by what we have done. What we are feels fleeting, intangible. But what we have done is fixed and final. Oriental music is taught in a different style, where the student learns by listening to the performance of the teacher instead of reading notes. They get a real feel for the music that's only rivaled by jazz musicians. Confucianism concerns itself with the rules of life and conventional knowledge. Taoism concerns itself with the unconventional knowledge and understanding life directly. We know how to move our hands, breathe, but we cannot explain how we do it. Taoism is an extension of the kind of knowledge, giving us a very different view of what we're conventionally used to, and which liberates our minds from constructing definitions and identifications. The Tao is indefinable concrete process of the world, the way of life. The word means a way or road, and sometimes to speak. God produces the world by making we, but Tao produces it by not making we we, which is roughly what we mean by growing. Things are made like machines by being put together, or from without, inwards like sculptures. But things grown divide themselves into parts from within, outwards, garden. The goal is not to reduce the human mind to vacancy, but to bring it into play its innate and spontaneous intelligence by using it without forcing it. Wu Xin, no mind, unselfconsciousness, is the goal of Taoism. The Taoist is one who has learned to let the legs walk by themselves. The origins of Buddhism. All forms of Buddhism subscribe to the middle way, between the extremes of angles, diva, and demon, preta. Aesthetic and sensualist, and claim that supreme awakening or the Buddhahood can be attained only from the human state. Fundamental to the Indian thought is that the mythological theme of the Atmanyana, or the act of self-sacrifice, whereby God gives birth to the world and whereby men, following the divine pattern, reintegrate themselves with God. 
Indian philosophy is primarily concerned with the muksha or liberation. Liberation is a progressive disentanglement of oneself from every identification. It is to realize that I am not this body, these feelings, these thoughts, this consciousness. Classification is Maya. The world of facts and events are Maya. They're terms of measurements rather than realities of nature. The Maya doctrine tells us that these forms, Rupa, have no own beings or self-nature. Sabhava, they don't exist in their own right, but in relation to each other, as a solid cannot be distinguished except in relation to space. Names are useful, but we can't confuse the measure with the world being measured, of identifying money with wealth, fixed convention with fluid reality. The Maya doctrine points out the impossibility of grasping the actual world in the mind's net of words and concepts, and secondly, the fluid character of those very forms which thoughts attempt to define. The world of facts and names is known as Nama, abstract names, Rupa, the Four Noble Truths First Truth Life as we usually live, it is suffering. It is believed by the frustration which comes from attempting the impossible. You could also say that life is frustration, not suffering. Reality isn't permanent nor impermanent. It cannot be categorized. But when we try to hold on to it, change is everywhere apparent, since like your shadow, the faster you pursue it, the faster it fleets. The Second Truth the cause of frustration. Trishna. It is distrust of the controller. You can try to control everything, but eventually you must also control yourself. The pattern of life that follows this frustration gasping is samsara, the round of birth and death. Karma affects the outcomes of the cycle. It can be taken literally as life and death, but it can also be interpreted as the moment to moment and that one is being reborn so long as one identifies themselves with continuing ego, with reincarnations itself, afresh at each moment in time. And the third truth, the ending of self-frustration and the whole karmic circle is called Nirvana. It can be described as one who has seen the futility of trying to hold his breath or life indefinitely. Thus Nirvana is the eloquent of Moksha, or liberation. The fourth truth, the Eight Path of the Buddha's Dharma. The method of doctrine through which self-frustration comes to an end. Complete view. Complete understanding. Complete speech. Complete action. Complete vocation. Complete application. And complete recollectionness. And complete contemplation. If meditation is treated as an exercise with a goal, to quiet our minds, it ceases to be meditative. Where there is purpose, there is seeking and gasping for results, and thus there can be no meditation. Dana can be described as a state of the unified or one-pointed awareness. Mayana Buddhism. Mayana Buddhism highlights the fertility of striving for liberation in which there is no striving. It's self-contradictory. Desiring not to desire. The real nirvana cannot be desired because it cannot be conceived. To become a Buddha, it is only necessary to have the faith that one is a Buddha already. The rise and development of Zen. Zen has always attached importance to expressing Buddhism in secular terms, in art of every type, in manual labor, and in appreciation for the natural universe. 
Nirvana cannot be approached or grasped or pursued. It must be realized in an instant, a single flash of insight, which is Satori. The attempt to work on one's own mind is a vicious cycle. To try to purify it, it is to be contaminated with purity. The Zen problem, or Crone, requires passing a series of tests based on the Mondo, or anecdotes of the old masters. The students have to show that they have experienced the meaning of the Quan by specific and usually non-verbal demonstration, which he has to discover intuitively. Bushide, the Tao of the Warrior, is the application of Zen to the art of war. There is not a big focus on Zazen, or sitting meditation. It is generally criticized though, it's unclear why. It should be that they didn't like Zazen for a purpose. Pursuing Satoru, works argue that sitting should not be treated specifically, that to do so is an attachment to form. Zen is more practice, though the tea ceremony, flute playing, brush drawing, archery, fencing and jiu-jitsu. Zazen may be exaggerated later as a way to get schoolboys to be quiet. Part 2. Practice Empty and marvelous. One must start to get the feel of Zen relatively, by knowing that life is not a situation from which there is anything to be grasped or gained. To succeed is always to fail, in that the more one succeeds in anything, the greater is the need to go on succeeding. To eat is is to survive to be hungry. There is no myself apart from the mind-body which gives structure to my experience. There is never anything but the present, and if one cannot live there, one cannot live anywhere. Sitting quietly, doing nothing. In walking, just walk. In sitting, just sit. Above all, don't wobble. When a human is so self-conscious, so self-controlled, that he cannot let go of himself, he tethers or wobbles between opposites. The effort to remain always good or happy is like trying to keep a house at perfect 70 degrees. It necessitates such constant rapid oscillations that it will surely become induced mania and anxiety. Zen spirituality is not to think about God while peeling the potatoes. It is simply peel the potatoes. Zazen and the corn. Zen practice is not true practice if it has an end in mind. And when it has no end in view, it is awakening. The aimless, self-sufficient life of the eternal now. To have an eye on some end is to have a lack of concentration, lack of serenity. One does not practice Zen to become a Buddha but practices it because they are a Buddha. Satori is not a sudden, complete awakening. It is a sudden and intuitive way of seeing into anything, whether it be remembering a forgotten name or seeing into the deepest principles of Buddhism. The Kwan is a way of stressing the mind into having to relax and release itself. Like increasing muscular tension to give yourself a feeling of what not to do. The Satori is a feeling of relaxation, though it is letting go, but not feeling it. Zen in Arts Zen has no goal. It is traveling without point, with nowhere to go. To travel is to be alive, but to arrive is to be dead. A world which focuses on destinations, which only cares about getting somewhere as fast as possible, becomes a world without substance. Zen is a liberation from time. If we open our eyes and see it clearly, it becomes obvious that there is no other time than this instant, 
and that past and future are abstractions without any concrete reality. And we're at the end of the book summary. A little bit about the author. Alan Wilson Watts, born 6th of January 1915 and died 16th of November 1973, was a British philosopher, writer and speaker, best known as his interpreter and popularizer of Eastern philosophy for a Western audience. Born in England, he moved to the United States in 1938 and began Zen training in New York. He received a master's degree in theology. Watts became a priest in 1945, then left the ministry in 1950 and moved to California, where he joined the faculty of the American Academic of Asian Studies. Watts wrote more than 25 books and articles on the subjects important to Eastern and Western religion, inducing the youth culture to the way of Zen, 1957, one of the first best-selling books on Buddhism. And that's a wrap on The Way of Zen by Alan Watts. Look back on our channel for previous video book summaries and subscribe to our channel for future books. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram for daily book summaries, hashtag bestbookbits. Buy the book using the link in the video description to purchase from Amazon if you like what you heard. This summary is from the website natlizen.com. Thanks for watching and I hope you learned a thing or two. Have a great day.